Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. On today's show, I have the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp, a marketplace that connects businesses with pre-vetted freelancers in e-commerce, digital marketing, and pretty much any other area of business that you want to delegate out in order to grow. And if you've been asking yourself, you know, when is the right time to start hiring? Nathan has that answer for you because he started this business as the solution to the one that he was already running. Now, I'd love to remind you too, if you find this podcast helpful or inspiring, please share it, send it to a friend and have them take a listen as well. We want to grow and the more people that hear the podcast, the better our rankings. My name is Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur and investor. The one thing that I get asked all the time is, how do you achieve success in business and make an impact? In each episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast, you'll hear from entrepreneurs and visionaries who share how their leadership has changed not only their lives, but the lives of everybody around them. Hey, Nathan. I am so excited to welcome you to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. As I was just saying before we started recording, I am one of your customers of FreeUp, and it's been one of the best ways for helping my business grow, and I can hardly wait to have you share that with everybody who's listening here today. So please introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm a longtime e-commerce seller. I started back in 2008 and I scaled my e-commerce business using remote freelancers, remote virtual assistants. I was 2021, it was pretty tough to hire people in person. So I turned to the remote hiring world and Mm -hmm. I always just wanted a a better, faster way than the Upworks and the Fivers. And I kept looking and looking and finally I said, you know what, I'll build this platform myself. So I, uh, yeah, I set out to take what I liked about the other platforms, change what I didn't like. And the free up marketplace. Now we get thousands of applicants every week, virtual mm-hmm. assistants, freelancers, agencies from all around the world. We vet them for skill, attitude, communication, take the top 1%, let them in and then make them available quickly to clients whenever they need them with 24 seven support on the back end in case they have even the smallest issue and a no turnover guarantee. If they quit for any reason, we cover replacement costs and get them a new person right away. So that's really what we're all about, that the pre-vetting, the speed, the customer service and the protection. And it's just a lot of fun helping business owners scale. That's amazing. And is that what you feel makes you different than some of the other options that are out there right now? Yeah, it's really those four things, uh, the pre-vetting, the speed, the the customer service, and the protection. I mean, there's some other things that we tweaked. For example, on the other platforms, you have to communicate through the platform, where with us, you can communicate with the freelancer wherever you want, if you like Skype or Slack or whatever it is. So there's smaller stuff like that, but but those four are are the main reasons. Right. That's amazing. And what was it that, from when you had your e-commerce business, what was it that made you choose this? Was it just because this is how you had grown the e-commerce business to begin with, or was there something else that was kind of the catalyst? 
Yeah, I mean, I really just built the platform that, that I wanted to use. I always wanted a platform that I could quickly sign up with no obligations and put in a request. And instead of spending two weeks going through people, they would just send me someone who was already vetted and I could get started knowing that I was protected if anything went wrong and I didn't have to wait or chase or, or anything like that. And if they quit, I would get a credit towards replacement and get another person quickly. So my business didn't take a step back. I mean, that, that's what I was looking for. And and I really tried to build it around me as the, as the e-commerce seller. If I'm running a business and I'm scaling and I'm growing, what, what is the perfect solution for me when it comes to hiring? Right, right. And how has that freed up your time by having all of these people virtually help you grow your business? I mean, I practice what I preach. I, I only hire people for my own platform. I, I'm a client of FreeUp. <laughs> <laughs> so. I have my own client account with FreeUp. When I go to want to hire someone, I put in a request just like every other client does and, and I right. get applicants and I, I hire them. I have 45 VAs. I, I get billed about 1,200 hours a week and I have no office. I'm entirely remote. My, my team's remote. All my day-to-day -day operations get done by okay. VAs in the Philippines. All my higher level stuff, the graphic design, the video editing is all freelancers that I'm just one of their clients and they've got other clients outside and inside free up. And all I use experts, uh, consultants, agencies on my platform as well for different audits, different marketing campaigns, stuff like that. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of hiring remote. I obviously believe in my own system and I try to practice what I preach. It's amazing. Totally amazing. So I'm curious what your perspective with this, because I know what I tell my clients, when is the right time to start hiring? <laughs> so it, it's such a difficult question and I'm not a business coach. So I try to avoid being like, you need to hire this person right now. It usually doesn't work like that. I think everyone's in a different place in their business, in their life. What I like to say is there's three different levels of people you can hire. You've got the followers, the doers, and the experts. For the followers, think five to 10 bucks an hour, non-US. They're there to follow your systems, your processes. The mid-level people are specialists like graph designers, bookkeepers, writers. You're not teaching a graph designer how to be a graph designer, but they're not consulting with you either. They're doers. And then you got the experts, the high-level freelancers, consultants, agencies that are bringing their own systems, their own processes. They can consult. They can project manage. They can execute high-level game plans. So mm -hmm. you got the three levels. And then what you have to do is look at your budget. Say, hey, how aggressive do I want to be? If you want to be really aggressive, maybe you're investing 40, 60% of your profits back into your business, into hiring. If you're more conservative and everyone's in a different place in their life, in their business, maybe it's it's 10 to 30%. But figure right. out what that number is. If it let's say it's 25%, you can always go up 5% or down 5%, but at least you know how much you can spend. And then you can say, hey, can I afford a full-time VA, a one-time project type person, an ongoing agency, a part-time VA, whatever it is. And you can see where are you, what type of entrepreneur are you? Where Where's your bottleneck? Are you stuck in that day-to-day -day where you need to hire the followers to get your hours back? Are projects building up that's outside of your scope that you need to hire the, the specialist for? Or are there, are there things that you're not good at that, yes, you could spend the next six months learning how to be a Facebook ad expert, but at some point that's not a good use of your time and you need to hire an expert to come in and hit the ground running. So I don't know if that answered your question, but that's my basic mentality um, when it comes to figuring out your first hire. I think, no, I mean, it's a little bit different than my perspective, but I like what you're saying because it, you've got options for people. And I mean, what I generally share with my clients because they're usually solopreneurs is that they're looking for those first few people to help them 
get some of their time back and in some case, you know, get some strategy like the Facebook ads, et cetera. Um, I always encourage them to hire before they feel like they're ready and before they can afford it because they're going to get that time back to go create more business. Right. Exactly. I mean, it, 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 for me personally, I tend to hire more of those followers. I'm all about freeing up my time. I know that when I have extra time, I can focus on getting micro influencers or focus on marketing or sales or, or building projects and building more systems. So that's true. But then there's also entrepreneurs that they just have these projects building up and they just need someone to crank them out. Right. Right. Absolutely. And how do you vet some of the, well, all of the people that are, are freelancers for you? Is there a step system or I'm really curious because I think that's one of the things that's so special about your organization. So we bet them for skill, attitude, and communication. So skill, we don't need everyone to be a 10 out of 10. They can be a 5 out of 10. They can be a 3 out of 10. What we care about is that they're honest about what they can and cannot do and they're Mm -hmm. priced accordingly. So we put them through skill tests. For attitude, we do one-on-one interviews. We look for people who are passionate about or are passionate about whatever they're doing. If they're a bookkeeper, they need to love being a bookkeeper as much as I love being an entrepreneur. Those are the type of people that I want to surround myself with. Right. Have to not get aggressive when something doesn't go their way. We we all know that not every client is rainbows and butterflies. There's going to be difficult situations. You have to be the bigger man, the bigger woman. You have to be able to take feedback and not take it personally. So we do one-on-one interviews, and then for communication. Communication's everything. If I hire someone and they have a great attitude, a great skill set, and me and them can't communicate, nothing else really matters. So we have 15 pages of communication best practices they have to memorize and get tested on. We also have terms of use on our platform, like responding within a business day at all times. And while it's hard to get in, and we only let in one out of every 100 applicants based on those three criteria, we're also, we hold people to those expectations. We're very quick to remove people from our platform if they're taking on tickets at a high level or they're taking on tickets they can't do at a high level. We're not a place to experiment on our client base. If they right. show signs of bad attitude, if they get aggressive or anything like that, or if they're not communicating, if clients have to chase them, if my team has to stop what they're doing to contact them, then we're not, we're not going to give them more clients and we're going to quickly remove them. So that's really mm-hmm. our vetting process. Okay. I love that because that really, I mean, solidifies the excellence of everybody that is a freelancer for you. And you know that you're serving your clients and customers with top quality people. Right. Exactly. Which really takes the headache of finding the right person out for your client. It really takes the headache out of trying to find the right person because they're just right in front of them. Like for your clients. Exactly. And, and I mean, there, there's other factors as well. Even the best freelancers right. in the world aren't the best fit for every single client out there. But we found that when you, it's very rare that you hire someone and you're like, wow, this person had a great skill set. They could do exactly what they say they could. Their attitude was great. They communicated at a high level, but they were a terrible hire. That, that usually doesn't happen. Right. Exactly. So we've talked about like what the right time is. So both from a budgeting standpoint and when, but how do you decide what to take off of your plate first? Yeah. So I like to create two lists. The first list is everything that I'm doing on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis. And mm-hmm. I like to put next to it how many hours about I'm, I'm spending. And I, I also like to put the hourly value. Is it a $5 an hour task? Is it a $50 an hour task? And then I try to prioritize it from easiest to hardest. And I tend to chip away at the easiest stuff trying to get my hours back. On the flip side, 
The other list I, I write down is things that I'm not good at that I'm doing every single week. For a while, I was making all my Instagram stories. I'm not a graphic designer, probably not a very good use of my time as an entrepreneur. So once right. we had a budget, I hired a graphic designer in the Philippines to make some Instagram stories. And she had a goal to her job to send me five new Instagram stories every Monday so that I could use them throughout the week. So if you create those lists of everything you're not good at, or you can quickly turn weaknesses into strengths by hiring specialists and experts, and then you create mm -hmm. that list of how to get your hours back in the week, to me, that's a great starting point. I think that's brilliant, um, both with having both lists, because it really allows you to look at what you're prioritizing, how you're spending your time, and then what you can delegate. Exactly. And delegation is powerful. And just like making bad hires makes you never want to do it again, um, making, <laughs> making good yeah. hires is addicting. It makes you want to delegate more and, and focus on higher level parts of your business, the sales, the marketing, the expansion. Right. I always say to my people too, like, look at the things that you don't like doing and, you know, add that into, I have a stop doing list that I have my clients make. And, you know, look at things that aren't productive for you. So whether it's the graphic design or like bookkeeping for a lot of my people, get rid of some of those things first, because then you're experiencing more joy doing things that you love, even if it's something that you want to delegate, you know, later on. What do you think about that? And how do you choose, you know, just personally what you delegate? Yeah. I mean, what's the point of being an entrepreneur if you're doing things you hate all day, right? Um, right. So like we started our businesses to have fun. <laughs> It's, uh, that's definitely a factor that you, that you have to, to throw in there. I like to talk about it with my, with my partner, Connor. I mean, we all want to get to the point where we're sitting on a beach, right? And we get an email with how much money we made that day. And then we go back to doing whatever we're doing, hanging out with our family. But more realistically, you're going to do the thing that you're the best at for as long as possible. If you're, if you're an amazing salesperson, you don't want to start your business, get some revenue and then give sales to someone else. You want to find out, Hey, I'm going to keep doing sales for a while. It doesn't mean you can't outsource it later, but let's get people to do the stuff that, that I'm not good at. If I'm not good at the books, if I'm not good at, at making, I'm promoting on social media, surround yourself with the things that you're bad at first. And then the thing that you're good at is the thing you outsource last. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to transition a little bit because I read an article about you. I did a little research from Thrive Global. And I think it was this past February. And I don't remember the gentleman's name that interviewed you, but he asked you about some of your best leadership tips and advice for entrepreneurs. And one of the things that you said was the, to wake up earlier. And I love to ask people when they say that because I'm not a big morning person, but what time do you actually get up? <laughs> so it's funny that you asked me this week. So I normally <laughs> wake up at somewhere between like 6.30 and, and 7. I'll get started. Okay. But the thing about me and waking up is I can wake up and just start working instantly. <laughs> I, I take okay. my dogs to the park and I'm on my phone pretty quickly. And I'm not like rushing frantically, but I just start to like catch up, wake up and, and get stuff done. <laughs> but this past week, I actually had a bachelor party a week ago that I'm still recovering from that was in New Orleans. And so for the past week, I've been sleeping into like eight or nine and working later, okay. which is not the norm at all. And then I just feel like I got my schedule back on Monday. I actually sucked it up. I went to the gym at five 15 in the morning just to wow. my sleep schedule. And then I have another bachelor party coming up this Thursday. So it's all going to get messed up again. <laughs> That's one heck of a party too, if it took you a couple of days to recover. Exactly. <laughs> That's 
That's fantastic. What other tips do you have for entrepreneurs, particularly from a leadership perspective? I mean, you really, I think, have taken something from, you know, your business and made it into something completely different, even though you have other competitors in the marketplace. And for me, that's an amazing leadership move. For me, I just love feedback. I mean, I remember back, I, back, I always hate saying back in the day, it makes me sound so old, but back when I had my my first e-commerce business, I had a lot of turnover. People just didn't want to work for me. And I remember one day I, I asked someone to do an exit interview and he just destroyed me during that exit interview. He told me everything that was wrong about my, my interview process, my culture, my leadership, my management, how I talk to people. And I remember the, the last thing he said to me, and I should have written that guy a check right there because that information saved me hundreds of thousands of dollars down the line. But the last right. thing he said to me was, you, the, you, I've been working here for four months or whatever it is, and this is the first time you ever asked me for my feedback. And that was really powerful. That, that stuck with me. It sticks with me even today. So now I ask everyone for feedback and that doesn't mean I can implement everything instantly, but that information is powerful. It allows you to change. It allows you to get better. It allows you to get in the mind of what people really care about. And, and I feel like if you're not someone that's constantly doing that, whether it's your internal employees in your office, the freelancers, your clients, your partners, you're, you're really missing out on a lot of great information that's going to help you improve as a, a manager, a leader, and a business owner. Right. That's, I think that's brilliant. And I think it's so easy to just presume that everybody's good and everybody's happy. And without that feedback, you can't grow or close gaps where there might be some. Right. So do you have a system for getting that feedback now? Like do you do quarterly reviews or how do you manage that? We give out surveys. So we survey the freelancers on the platform. We survey the clients on the platform and then we survey our internal team and it's all anonymous. And unless they want to, I mean, they're, they're always welcome to send the feedback directly to me if they want to, but we just gather information and you get some really great ideas that way. You, you Mm -hmm. get see patterns that way. And again, you, you do have to comb through it a, a little bit. I mean, especially if you're asking feedback from like friends or family or people that don't hundred percent right, understand right. the business model or people might have feedback or that the, the freelancers want one thing, but they don't realize that that doesn't actually make sense from a, a business perspective. So there's things mm-hmm. involved there, but just getting that information is key. Okay. I think that's really important as well. I want to circle back into hiring a freelancer um, or just hiring somebody in general. How do you find the right person for each task? Do you have questions that you, you know, feel like make good interview questions that can help people identify what's the secret sauce there? Yeah, I, I like to tell clients to come up with like three or five questions that when we make an introduction, they can just email it to the to the freelancer. Let's say we send two freelancers, they can send it out, see the answer to the questions. They could also have a request, like send me samples or references or whatever is important to you and get that information quickly. So you don't have to, so you want to value your time at the highest possible level during mm-hmm. the interview process. You want to ask for what you need quickly. You want to give people a sample, a test project, and then move forward from there. And that's kind of the mentality I have is, is make your interviews short and efficient, get the most important information up front so you don't spend 30 minutes interviewing someone only to find out that the last question, they can't do exactly what you need. And and then give some samples, give some projects, see if you actually like working with someone before you load them up with bigger and bigger stuff. Okay, I think that's great. So really give them, have some questions, but then give them a trial period. Right. Okay, I love that. And I'm really curious too, what's next for FreeUp? 
<laughs> right now we're very focused on the e-commerce and marketing industry. We want, we want to be very deterred. We want to be the go-to place it, for marketing agencies, for e-commerce businesses to hire and marketing kind of trickles into everything else. So we'll get real estate agents and software companies and brick and mortar stores as, as well. Right. But that's really our focus. Uh, we just launched an agency program. So we have agencies on our platform now. We're, we're working on growing that. And and the other side of it is um, just our software. We're, we're very committed to making our software experience as good as possible. I think for years, it kind of lagged behind the rest of the business. Our customer service was great. The freelancers are great. Our software couldn't do a whole lot, but we're making mm-hmm. some serious investments into better developers, better UI. We've hired outside, we've hired, I get, they're outside consultants, but they're really inside consultants. They're on the platform, but they don't constantly work with us to help us and get us ideas and feedback. Cause I'm not a developer. My business partner is not a developer. So again, we're, we're looking at experts to come in and, and tell us what we don't know. Excellent. I can't imagine having a better user experience though, because it's pretty good right now. I appreciate it. it it's funny because everyone uses our platform a different way, but there are clients that have never talked to me before and they've been using our platform for years. They put in requests, they hire people. There's people that will hire someone right away or people that'll create an account and hire someone six months later, they'll hire people full-time, part-time, one-time. And and we want to make that experience, no matter how you use our platform, customized to you, to give you the information that you need to to be successful, to make it clear and easy for Mm -hmm. people that are used to other platforms. And and that's really the the challenge. And it's fun for me now. Oh, cool. I love it. I love it. Well, I can hardly wait to see what evolves um, and shifts as you continue to grow. Yeah, I'm excited for it. And I really appreciate the feedback and the opportunity to, to, to serve you as a client. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, what's been your biggest influence in creating this outside of just you know, growing your first business virtually? My, my biggest influence for being an entrepreneur in general or free up yes. specifically? Yeah, no, being an entrepreneur in general. So it's funny, my, my aunt was an entrepreneur. She ended up selling her business a few years ago, but I was running this Amazon business in college and senior year came around and I'm running this business that's growing. And I got Deansles every semester. My parents were teachers. So I was paying for college. I was going to go out on college too. So I'm kind of balancing running a business, getting good grades. I had these job offers and it becomes decision day. I'm about to graduate. I have to decide, Hey, am I going to take these jobs. I've never had a real job before besides some internships and, or, and they have the health insurance and all the stuff that goes with it. Or do I pursue the dream? And, and back then no one really knew what an Amazon seller even was. So trying to tell people, Hey, I'm going to turn down these jobs to go sell on Amazon. Didn't make a whole lot of sense. And I remember right. talking to my aunt for an hour, just pacing around my backyard, making what at the time was the biggest decision of my life. And she essentially told me, Hey, listen, those jobs aren't going anywhere. You can always go out and get a job. You're, you're young. You, you don't have tons of responsibilities. This is your time to take risks. If you're making money, if you love what you do, go, go for that and pursue the dream. And, and, and I really listened to her and I, I always will be thankful for her telling me that. And, and mm-hmm. I, I never really looked back and never got a real job after college. Perfect. What an amazing conversation to have. And what great advice for you know, hearing that right out of college. Because I think so many people just hear, go get a job, go get a job. <laughs> My parents, who are both teachers, were much more yeah. in that go get a job, go get a job category. <laughs> right. I'm sure. I'm sure. But I truly believe as an entrepreneur myself, and both of my kids are 18 and 20 and you know, starting to venture off into their own entrepreneurial experiences, like this is the time to do it. Exactly. Because of exactly what you said, where the job is always going to be there. So... 
share with everybody because um, I really appreciate everything that you've you know, given us for value and this is going to be so helpful to our listeners, but share with everybody how they can connect with you. Yeah. So I have a Facebook group called Outsourcing Masters. We post a lot of great content on remote hiring, virtual assistants, freelancers, and agencies. If you go to freeup.com with three E's, my calendar is right at the top of the website. You can okay. schedule a time with me, with my team. You, if you create a free account, mention this podcast, get a $25 credit to try us out. And yeah, we really look forward to, to working with you and helping you with your business. Awesome. So everybody go check that out because I'm sure that there are <laughs> great tips in there just for hiring and kind of getting your feet wet with not only remotely, but just, you know, who do I hire? I think that's one of my clients' biggest questions. Absolutely. And and my team is there to to help you along the way. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And everybody listening, we will talk to you next week. As an entrepreneur, do you ever feel isolated? Like you're just grinding away and not getting to the place or reaching the goals that you want? Maybe you've realized that you just spent days, weeks, or even months trying to accomplish something only to figure out that the answer that you have would have saved you all of that time. I know I've had that experience and my clients have as well. And that's why I created the Tribe of Leaders Biz School. Get the accountability, the training, and the knowledge base in a community of like-minded people who are there to support you. Go ahead and check it out. It's the tribe of leaders.com.